Broadcasting from London, Ontario, Canada to the rest of the world, it's Ask the Top. Thank you very much for tuning into the latest episode of Ask the Top. As always, I greatly appreciate your ongoing support, and we have a jam-packed show for today. CM Punk's one-sided loss. I was asked repeatedly for my opinion on Twitter, even though I did tweet it out, by the way. You can go back and see it. I'll share it on here. Highlights from the week, your questions and predictions for NXT TakeOver Chicago, along with Money in the Bank. It promises to be a great weekend full of action. For new episodes of Ask the Top, subscribe to me on YouTube. Do me a favor, do it right now if you haven't already. YouTube.com forward slash Chris Toplack. You can also find new episodes of the show on ChrisToplack.com, cheap plug, TWM.news, and TheReactionRoom.com. Two partners who have supported this show from the very beginning. If you want to interact with me on social media, I'm easy to find, and it's a big component of this show. Ask the Top on Facebook, at Chris Toplack. On Twitter, at Chris Toplack, on Instagram, and Chris Toplack on Google+. No beer today. Shortly afternoon. I mean, it's about 1 o'clock now. And yes, I know it's 5 o'clock somewhere, but I'm sipping on, insert your hipster joke here, a nitro cold brew. It's coffee. And it pours like a Guinness. It's velvety. It's smooth. It's full-flavored. Mmm. I love it. And I drink my coffee black. So you don't need to add anything in there. For those that might order this at a place like Starbucks, don't add the sweet cream. The devil's liquid. Don't put it in there. Drink it black. Enjoy it. I I can't necessarily say it's good for you, but you know what? There's barely any calories in it, and it's fantastic. And it gets the caffeine in your veins. And as you know, I love my coffee. Let's jump into some industry news and rumors. We do have a jam-packed show. Let's not waste any more time talking about Nitro Cold Brew. CM Punk's one-sided loss at UFC 225. I was asked a lot about this on Twitter. Here's the thing. It was clear after two fights that he belongs nowhere near the octagon. While displaying a great deal of heart is fantastic, Punk lacked many of the fundamental skills in order to be successful. For an example, go back and watch his footwork against Mike Jackson. Very clunky. He doesn't come off as athletic whatsoever. You wouldn't even suspect that he came from the world of professional wrestling. Even competing in a much smaller promotion would likely result in the same outcome. So I don't advise him to, and and not that he's listening to me, but I don't advise him to continue with his MMA career. He's 0-2. He pursued his dreams. Kudos to him. He did it on his own terms. He didn't belong in the UFC, but at the same time, if you read, he made somewhere along the lines of about $503,000 in that one-sided beatdown. That's not so bad. Not a lot of WWE superstars even make that. So he's doing okay for himself. In a series of tweets following the loss, Corey Graves targeted Punk by stating he disowned the wrestling business that made him. Truthfully, it felt more personal than that, and Graves came off as bitter. If you did not read it, go check out Corey Graves' Twitter account. He was responding to fans as well, even tagged 
Vince McMahon and Triple H in one of the tweets. It was very bizarre. I'm sure he had a few beverages at the time of those tweets. Speaking of CM Punk, his 434-day world title reign was recently surpassed by Brock Lesnar. The Beast Incarnate now holds the longest reigning world championship reign of the modern era. I have a question about that later on, which I'll get to. The UFC announced that Ronda Rousey will be inducted into the modern wing of the UFC Hall of Fame on July the 5th. She challenges for the Raw Women's Championship this Sunday. Everything's turning up Ronda at the moment. According to Mike Johnson of PWInsiderElite.com, the WWE is quite upset over the idea of ROH in AAA Mexico running shows at MSG. This would be the first time this would occur since the 1920s, by the way. Now, here's the thing. Of course, that is the home of the WWE, but they have neglected MSG over the past couple of years. Think about it. With SummerSlam, they go over to the Barclays Center, right? And they've done that several years in a row. MSG is probably thinking, well, if you're not going to pay attention to us, we'll attract other events to come here. ROH, AAA Mexico, gaining a lot of momentum. I would love to see that from a competition standpoint. And the WWE just seems like a spoiled child. Can't have that toy. It's mine. So it's unfortunate that they've you know, taken that route, but at the same time, they haven't publicly stated anything. That's just behind the scenes, according to Mike Johnson, who's a very reputable source, by the way. If you saw it, Chris Jericho won the IWGP Intercontinental title after defeating uh, Naito at uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling Dominion. He noted in a recent interview that due to his loyalty to Vince, it's highly unlikely that he would compete under the New Japan banner in the United States. He'd be wise not to cross the boss in that regard. I think it's all well and good that he's competing in Japan. Quite the renaissance man, Chris Jericho, doing things on his own terms. One of the greatest of all time. Still feel he looked quite out of shape and a little bit of a mess in that match. It was still a solid match. And always adapting his character and his look as well, too. I, I really admire that about him. But probably wise he's not competing in the United States under the New Japan banner because he doesn't want to conflict with Vince in the WWE. According to HollywoodReporter.com, John Cena is replacing Sylvester Stallone. Hey, yo. Uh, John Cena is replacing me. In an upcoming Jackie Chan film. I was seeing on Twitter, many were stating, oh, Jackie Chan still makes movies? Uh, I think a lot of people are missing the point that Jackie Chan is treated like a god in China. He's massive over there. He released a song that had like a billion views, billion listens. He's massive. So this is a great opportunity for John Cena, who continues to really um, do well in his Hollywood career. So good for him as he steps away more and more from professional wrestling. Highlights from the week following a very clunky opening to Raw. Uh, that felt more like a high school stage show. I was worried they were going to break out into song when they were st uh, strategically placed onto those ladders and everybody had microphones. I was like, oh man, if they bust into a song, I'm canceling my cable subscription. They had Ember Moon versus Natalia versus Sasha Banks versus Alexa Bliss. They put on an incredible match. I felt the star of the show was Ember Moon. I'm a big fan of her. If you listen to previous editions of the show, you would know that, but she... Everything that she does, she does with purpose. And I really respect that about her. Braun Strowman versus Kevin Owens versus Finn Balor versus Bobby Roode, a solid match. How about Benjamin Moore versus Daniel Bryan? I'm loving that Daniel Bryan is using that heel hook 
to submit his opponents, something different. The continued rise of Bianca Belair on NXT television, she's money. Put her into some meaningful feuds. She will continue to produce. And Pete Dunn versus Kyle O'Reilly for the WWE UK Championship, a very technical and hard-hitting affair. I still feel NXT is the best weekly program under the WWE banner. It's an hour, it's digestible, but the action is fantastic. It's a focus on wrestling. And even when there is a focus on characters, it's not overly dramatic. So I like where they're going there. Less is more. Remember that. Let's get to your questions. Edward via Facebook. What is the hardest job and most thankless job, scripting and writing or booking? Well, to be honest, both jobs are relatively thankless. Remember, they're both behind the curtain, so to speak. But booking would be the more difficult task, as it's also directly correlated to writing. Mike Leochi via Facebook as well. With Raw not being great lately, what booking changes would you make if you were the writer to make Raw good again? Listen, I've chatted about this at length during previous editions of the program, so I'll just summarize it in a few points. I don't want to take up valuable time when we have predictions to get to. I would place more of an emphasis on in-ring competition and psychology. It seems to be lacking from this modern era in a lot of different ways. Not everybody, but many performers, many competitors seem to be lacking that psychology. Less scripting, allow talent to cut more organic promos, properly build fresh feuds over the course of several months, giving the audience more time to emotionally buy into them. And how would encourage talent to take more chances on characters and personas in order to connect with the audience? Four points. Probably could have had 24 points. Jason via Google+. Would you like to see a male or female's elimination chamber at WrestleMania 35? I would love to see that. That's what he said. Uh, logically, it would be very challenging from a logistical standpoint as they would need to hang that over the ring for the majority of the show. And it would likely be a massive eyesore and likely get in the way in terms of uh, being instruction for viewing. So I would prefer just to watch it during the Elimination Chamber pay-per-view, as it feels more special to only see it once a year. Aside from that, WrestleMania usually already has too many gimmick matches on deck anyway. No need to throw another one in there. Sam via Twitter. Why hasn't Brock Lesnar lost the United or the Universal Championship yet? He's never around. I wholeheartedly agree with the sentiment behind your question. And I feel that Seth Rollins would be an adequate choice to dethrone the Beast Incarnate. Now, that being said, remember, Vince still runs the show, and he isn't ready to pull the trigger quite yet. When he does, there's still a high probability that it will likely be Roman Reigns to defeat him, much to the chagrin of the majority of the WWE Universe. Mary Martel via Google+, Plus, is there an update on when Dean Ambrose will return? I read online that he has... Re-injured his elbow while doing rehab. It's interesting to note that he has moved to Alabama to do his rehab. We also know whether, do we also know, rather, will he be on Raw or SmackDown when he does eventually return? From what I read recently, and this was literally yesterday, there are rumors that he's going to be set to return by SummerSlam. That's August. Just around the corner when you really think about it. We're already midway through June. And he's either going to turn on Rollins or or reigns in the process, which I would love. So that would mean that he's probably going to come back late summer, come back as a heel, and return on Raw. So I believe that answers your question. Predictions. Two sets of predictions to get to, 
NXT TakeOver Chicago takes place this coming Saturday, June the 16th from the Allstate Arena in Rosemont, Illinois. It will take place on the WWE Network. The kickoff show is at 7 p.m. in the East, the main card at 8 p.m. in the East. If you're expecting to hear the voice of Mauro Ranello, Mamma Mia! Hate to disappoint you. He recently tweeted, I'm blessed to have more than one job. Unfortunately, dates may conflict. Off to Dallas for a Showtime boxing triple header. That means I won't be in Chicago for NXT TakeOver. You'll be in good hands with Vic Joseph, Nigel McGuinness, and Percy Watson. Hopefully, they'll do an admirable job in his absence. Surprised that Adam Cole has not been booked for the show. Though there will be some surprises throughout the evening, as there always tends to be on NXT TakeOver shows. Five matches formally announced. Let's start in the NXT Tag Team Division for the NXT Tag Team Championship. It is the Undisputed Era. Kyle O'Reilly and Roderick Strong taking on Oni Lorcan and Danny Burch. Given the talent in this match, there's a good chance this match could potentially steal the show. I do believe that Adam Cole is going to make an appearance. It's going to lend itself well to the Undisputed Era. My prediction, they're going to retain their NXT Tag Team Championships. Speaking of stealing the show, Ricochet versus the Velveteen Dream. My money is on these two men to just do that. Few wrestlers in the world have more momentum behind them than Ricochet and the Velveteen Dream. Ricochet, a modern-day Spider-Man. I mean, he's the closest thing to him. This match has been featured on many recent house shows with Ricochet emerging victorious. I believe we will see the same outcome at NXT TakeOver. I sincerely hope that I'm wrong. The Velveteen Dream needs a victory. Tends to take a lot of losses. I'm sure Ricochet could pick it right back up. But my prediction is that Ricochet will win this match. and It's going to be a barn burner. In the words of the immortal, Jim Ross. NXT Women's Championship. It's Shayna Baszler taking on the psycho, the crazy Nikki Cross. Shayna has spent the majority of her title reign basically bullying Dakota Kai along with the remainder of the roster. Nikki Cross became the unlikely hero to step up and confront the Queen of Spades. While Nikki Cross is skilled enough to hold the Women's Championship, it doesn't feel like she's had enough momentum behind her. She hasn't been built up enough to dethrone Shayna. So I believe the cross will pass out rather than tap out. My prediction is that Shayna Baszler retains her NXT Women's Championship. For the NXT Championship, you have Aleister Black, the champion, defending against the monster Lars Sullivan. Sullivan is still green, and he's growing as a performer, but he's going to learn a lot by being in the ring with a general such as Aleister Black. Black will retain, and Sullivan will look strong in defeat. My prediction is that Aleister Black, again, retains the NXT Championship. In what should be the main event of the evening, it is Johnny Gargano taking on his former tag team partner and best friend, Tommaso Ciampa, in a Chicago street fight. For the past year, Gargano and Ciampa have engaged in arguably the best pro wrestling feud in recent memory. It all started one year ago at the same venue when Ciampa turned on his former tag team partner. I believe history could repeat itself. This might be a stretch, but I believe there's a real possibility of Candice LeRae betraying her husband, Johnny Gargano, and assisting Champa. Could you imagine that? Two years in a row at the same venue. Quite the narrative, and that gives a lot for Johnny Gargano to feed off of, especially as an underdog. My prediction is that Tommaso Champa wins with the assistance of Candice LeRae. What a way to conclude the show. Let's get to Money in the Bank. The dual-branded show takes place this coming Sunday. June the 17th from the Allstate Arena in Rosemont, Illinois. The kickoff show at 6 p.m. in the East. The main card starting 
an hour earlier, and that's going to be the case from now on, at 7 p.m. in the East. Ten matches formally announced. It seems like a lot to get to over the course of about four hours, but we're going to cover it right here. Bobby Lashley versus Sami Zayn. I'm anxious for this feud to conclude as it has led to about three awful segments on Raw. This included a segment where Sammy mocked Bobby's sisters and most recently an obstacle course. Is this the best we can do? Is this the best we can come up with? My prediction is that Bobby Lashley squashes Sami Zayn. The Bludgeon Brothers taking on the Good Brothers. That's Gallows and Anderson for the SmackDown Tag Team Championship. Color me surprised at the fact that Gallows and Anderson even got here in the first place. The run in the WWE has been lackluster and disappointing to say the very least, but perhaps they can get back on track. It just doesn't seem likely against the Bludgeon Brothers. My prediction is that the Bludgeon Brothers retain their SmackDown Tag Team Championship. Daniel Bryan versus Big Cass Part 2. Daniel Bryan forced Big Cass to tap out a backlash, but this feud is far from over. Instead, Big Cass has spent the majority of the past month continuously telling the WWE Universe that he is seven feet tall, and Daniel Bryan's not. Meanwhile, Daniel Bryan cut an intense backstage promo. You can catch it on their YouTube channel or WWE.com. That was arguably the best and most convincing of the year. That being said, I believe that Big Cass gets his victory back. So my prediction is that Big Cass wins via the big boot. Seth Rollins versus Elias for the Intercontinental Championship. This feud really got jump-started after Elias smashed Rollins with his guitar and sent him off the announce table. Since that point, Rollins threatened to destroy a guitar given to Elias from his good friend, John Mayer. What? Why? How did they come up with this? I can't even make that up. My prediction is that Seth Rollins retains the Intercontinental Championship. If he doesn't lose, I'm hoping that he makes a V-line for that Universal Championship. Roman Reigns versus Jinder Mahal. I honestly have conversed with no one that is actually looking forward to this match. Most feel Roman will win convincingly. I'm one of them. My prediction is that Roman Reigns emerges, emerges victorious. Carmella versus Asuka for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Since defeating Charlotte Flair twice, I may add, Carmella's swagger and arrogance has reached an all-time high. But now she goes up against a woman who has only been pinned once. And that was over like a three-year stretch. Will the Empress of Tomorrow regain her past glory? My prediction is that Carmella retains the SmackDown Women's Championship via DQ or countout. This could be, and I'm predicting actually, I'll go on the record and say this match is going to close the show, but I'll make my prediction now. Nia Jax versus Ronda Rousey for the Raw Women's Championship. Now, remember, this match was made after Nia Jax formally challenged Ronda Rousey on the red carpet at an NBC event. And they were almost jovial about it. Chipper. It was, it was very strange. Like, they walked off and had their arms around each other. I thought, there's no he here. Why are people supposed to care? Nia Jax has kind of floated back and forth between being a babyface and a heel. That being said, my prediction is that Nia Jax retains the Raw Women's Championship, I believe, Natalia will cost Ronda the victory, leading to a feud between those two. AJ Styles versus Shinsuke Nakamura. It is a last man standing match for the WWE Championship. Nakamura chose this stipulation after defeating Styles in a one-on-one match on a recent episode of SmackDown. This will be their fourth battle over the WWE Championship and perhaps their last. 
believe AJ Styles ends this once and for all. My prediction is that he retains the WWE Championship. Now let's get to the Money in the Bank ladder match. Let's go with the women's first. Charlotte Flair, Ember Moon, Lana, Naomi, Becky Lynch, Alexa Bliss, Natalia, and Sasha Banks. That's a pretty stacked roster right there. Now, did anyone else notice that Natalia's injury somehow switched from one knee to the other this week? That's either a major continuity error or, or perhaps hinting at the fact she might be faking the injury. Or maybe it's just a red herring. Who knows? That said, I think that this could be an interesting turn of events. I don't believe Natalia's going to win this match, though. It's too predictable. Because most will predict, if Natalia wins, you, you know for damn sure she's going to be cashing in on Ronda Rousey and ruining her moment. I'm going out on a limb here. Becky Lynch or Alexa Bliss probably seem like the more logical options here, but I think Ember Moon deserves the time to shine. Remember, Money in the Bank is where stars are made, right? That's where you're saying, we're basically putting our chips behind this person. CM Punk, Ken Anderson, a whole bunch of many others, or Ken Kennedy, I should say. I think Ember Moon will be the same. She's got a great character. Yes, she needs to find her confidence on the microphone and maybe add a little bit more charisma there, but she's getting there. And she's a very convincing performer. So I'm going with Ember Moon. I might be picking more with my heart than my brain, but Ember Moon, even though there are some logical choices there too. The men's Money in the Bank ladder match. Another great roster featured here. Samoa Joe, Kevin Owens, The Miz, Rusev, Bobby Roode, Finn Balor, Braun Strowman, and one of the members of the New Day. We still do not know who. Who, who, who? A lot of viable options. When I saw the betting odds for this, The Miz actually had the best chance at winning. But he's already won before. Now, he could win again. You never know. I really believe, this might surprise people, that Kevin Owens has a really good shot at winning this. But I'm going with Samoa Joe. I'll take it one step further, too. If he wins this match, and it takes place before AJ and Nakamura, I believe he will successfully cash in on AJ Styles. How about that? That would make it a very memorable event if that occurs. So my prediction is that Samoa Joe will emerge victorious in that match. That covers a lot on this edition of Ask the Top. As always, I greatly appreciate your ongoing support and the fact that you're tuning in. Again, if you would be so kind, do me a favor. Subscribe to me on YouTube. YouTube.com forward slash Chris Toplack. I would greatly appreciate it. And as always, follow me on social media and interact with me on there. This is a big basis for this program is the fact that you ask questions and I answer them on here. Thus, ask the top. So until next time, happy trails to you until we meet again.